Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 97 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Anthony. And I am Michael. And... It's a new season. I guess I, I think I call it a new season. Every time we switch like a a study, I just call it a new season on the on the podcast to keep them organized. That's fair. So yeah. So last week it is also literally the like second day of fall. So dude, weather. Oh my gosh. I threw a picture up on Instagram just for everybody, just for funsies. To, yeah, today was a gorgeous day. Oh my gosh. Although and, I did I did see this thing where it was like um all those seasons listed out, and at the very bottom is like uh, false fall, second summer, real fall. <laughs> and we're in false fall right now, so I think it's supposed to actually get back up a little warmer next week, and then get you know then get down to fall for real. Yeah, it's I, I looked over the next like ten days here, and it's I think the high over the next ten days is like mid eighties. So I'll take that any day, especially knowing the mornings are going to be in the sixties. Yeah. Here. The the low tonight here is in like the low fifties, I think. Nice. I think it's in the high fifties here. So But anyway, that's the weather. Michael, what's going on with you, man? Dude, we're just staying busy, I guess. Um work is good, stuff at home is good, and just just living. Living. Get busy nice. living. <laughs> As Red from Shawshank would have said. <laughs> what a good movie. It's such a great movie. Anyway, what about you? How are things with you? Oh, man, we are. I, I feel like I'm going about 120 miles an hour these days, um, but we're getting a lot done. You know, we have a, a lot of things going on family, family-wise, family just traveling and, and doing mm-hmm. things, and work is, is picking back up. We kind of always have a, we have a lull in our business right when school starts, and when you when your company is growing a lot and then you have a lull, it feels like that lull is like your business is about to shut down because right. like, we have all these new employees and then all of a sudden there's like not a ton of work to do all, you know, everybody's running around with the hair on fire mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And yeah, so now we're all like, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay bills? What are we doing? You know? And so we, we're just doing the natural business cycle, I guess. But, uh, but we're picking back up and, and getting back into, a little bit of a busy season now before uh, before the holidays get into town. You know, let's see. This is this will actually release on October first. October first. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, go ahead and whip out your Christmas music. Um, October first is officially starting the Christmas season. Michael's going to shoot me. He might cut me off right now. <laughs> I disagree very much with him, but everyone's entitled to their own different wrong. and wrong opinion. <laughs> That's what I always say when somebody's different from mine. Like, you're entitled yeah. to your wrong opinion. It's fine. Yep, exactly. So, 
No, it's uh, we uh, we were just talking. I, did we? I don't know if we did that on, but fall, man. I'm so ready for fall. I'm mm-hmm. so ready for actual cooler weather. Yep. Um, I hate winter. Um, so like yeah, summer, winter, I can where, handle. Winter where you are is not that not terribly bad, is it? Yes, it is. If it's below forty degrees, the temperature is officially labeled as terrible. So, yeah. Okay, but does it ever get down to like fifteen where you are? It has a couple of times. Okay. We had, it was 2012. It was probably the year y'all like had ice on the roads for months at a time or something. Down here, it got, it never got above freezing for 22 straight days. It was like three weeks. Oh, wow. It did not get above 32 degrees for like two or three weeks. All right. Well, I won't make fun of you then. But I, mean, I, w- like, I would hate that too, honestly. That only happened once, and it's never done that. It's again, happened so. once in your forty <laughs> years of life, <laughs> basically. Oh man, Michael, let's uh, let's drink some beer, man. What are you drinking tonight? So tonight I am I'm trying out a new brewery. I could have sworn you did one from them, but apparently not. Um, <laughs> I have from the Academia Brewing Company, and I should have looked up where they're at. I wonder Just if they're a bunch of smart Alex. Uh, probably. Um, no, uh, the can does not say where they're from. Let's see here. Can you look that up? Academia well, Brewing Company. Dude, their website is dope. It all, But it's also incomplete because it didn't even have this beer on it. Um, Athens, anyway. Georgia. Oh, is it in Athens? Yeah. I'm, I'm a doofus. Um, <laughs> so Academia Brewing Company is based in Athens, Georgia. I have the Send Your Ninja Berliner Weissy. Uh, Apparently, I, I like these German-style beers, even though I claim that they're not my fave. Um, yeah. So this this is a Berliner with uh, Sudachi fruit, um, and Sudachi is like this Japanese... Watch your mouth when you're talking to me. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't help it. Um, but and Sudachi is like this Japanese citrus thing. Uh-huh. Um, this is 4.8% ABV. And uh, like I said, there that was not on their website. And according to Untapped, this thing doesn't have any IBUs. So either there are no IBUs, or no one could figure out how to determine what that is. So <laughs> that's what I'm drinking. The Singer Ninja. Sa- it's a sour fruited Berliner Weisse. So it's kind of a combination with the between a sour and a Berliner. Nice. Anthony. Yes. What are you, what are you drinking? So I have tonight. Um, it's called No Slaw Extra Toast, and if you are from the Louisiana area, this is from Parish Brewing. I've done a Parish Brewing before. Um, it was called. It was the Hurricane Alley, I think, is what it was called. Um, and it was Grand good. Grand Isle Hurricane Alley. Yeah, I remember it being good. It wasn't like my favorite, but it was. It was a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is from same same as uh, same brewing company, but. If you're familiar or if you've ever been to the state of Louisiana and gotten chicken, you have probably gotten chicken from Raising Cane's. And if you saw this can, you would immediately recognize the logo. The The logo is written in the, I guess, style of Raising Cane's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, they're basically, if you're not from Louisiana, they're basically like Zaxby's, but a lot better. So, um, sorry, Zaxby's, but you're like the number nine chicken joint in America. So I don't I don't feel sorry for you. But the No Slaw Extra Toast is a lemonade IPA and I'm not going to lie, 
I'm a little excited about this IPA. Um, you got to break the say rules. That, say, say that again, I'm, but slower. <laughs> I'm a little excited about this IPA. Okay. Um, Michael got to break the rules, and I feel like... So, I'm going to read this description to you. I feel like if I'm going to give any IPA ever five stars, it might be this one based off the description. So, it says, Inspired by our friends at Raising Cane's and their famous lemonade, this IPA is dripping in our favorite hops and is dosed with Meyer lemon puree. As a brand new innovative twist on modern IPAs, the No Slaw Extra Toast is a refreshing lemonade IPA with a nose of Lemonheads candy. I love Lemonheads candy. So there's that uh, flavor that reminds you of Country Time Lemonade and a tropical hop profile from a 50-50 blend of Australian Galaxy and Yakima Citra hops so yes all of all of that makes me uh actually excited about this iba because i feel like it's not going to be like super bitter or if it mm-hmm. is it's going to be that citrusy bitter that i like it's gonna it's gonna be more lemon bitter which yeah. is more tolerable than yes. like hops bitter yes so i'm actually a, a little excited and i hope this is going to be good so i think we should crack open some beer and drink and enjoy ourselves. Here we go. Let's do it. Three, two, one, crack. Oh, man. This is going to, this is going to change my life. I believe it. I'm naming it and claiming it. I'm Joe Osteening this right now. So it this this does not have the bitter like I I can tell the IPA smell but it's not that bitter type of IPA. But dude, look at this thing. It is like Oh, that's hazy. Yes. <laughs> it's the polar opposite of mine. Oh, dude, you're super clear. Mhm. It's like a ninja. What? You can't even see it. <laughs> oh, all right. Smell tester done. The can smells better than the, the glass does itself. And I think it's time to turn them up and uh, enjoy some beer. Let's do it. Bottoms up. This is a. <clears throat> All right. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I can. Okay. Because I, I I got mine pretty much nailed down. Go go. I'm still um, I'm still addressing over here. So. Okay. Um, mine's pretty good. It reminds me a lot actually of the lemonade sour that I had uh, several weeks ago from oh, wow. Wildly. Um, the. The sour of the, uh, the 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 Japanese thing, the sour of that, mm-hmm. um, is really actually a really nice compliment to it. Um, it's pretty light, flavor's really good, um, but there's not. I mean, it's not like it's not. There's not like a bam five Luther kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
but I'll give this. I will give this four Luthers. Okay. I'll give it four, four. Luthers. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's pretty good. Um, I mean, like I said, pr- really, it's actually very, very light. Like a four, like a four point eight ABV should be. Yeah. Or four point eight eight percent should be. And um. I mean, there's it's just not anything really like pushing it any higher than four for me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that says more about me, like maybe maybe my expectations have changed a little <laughs> bit, but or something. Because I had been really like four months ago, this probably would have been a five Luther beer yeah. for me. But now it's more down to you're, a four. You're becoming so. a beer snob. Well, not on purpose. <laughs> beer snob. So You're a beer snob. So that's what I've. Um, so Academia, the Singer Ninja, is getting four Luthers out of five from me. Anthony, how's the lemonade? How's the lemonade, man? So <clears throat> the lemon flavor definitely offsets the bitter of the of the IPA. Hands down, this is the best IPA I've ever had. Okay. Okay. Now, realize that a four Luther IPA is like amazing to me. And this is the best IPA that I've ever had. I would I would go back and buy this again. I would drink it. Um, okay. It is it is very good. The flavor is I, I think the IPA might draw a little bit away from the lemon, the lemonade flavor, but mm-hmm. it almost tastes like have you ever had one of those, um, the the Mike's Hard Lemonade uh, drinks? There, it, it's not a cider. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They're not like they are. So <laughs> when all we were really drinking was Budweiser, but we wanted something a little different, uh-huh. Mike's is what we had. Okay, all right. Okay, Mike. Mike's <coughs> is what you drink when you don't drink beer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, me and my buddy, uh, Alan used to call it chick beer, um, because it was like, you'd see the chicks drinking the mics and the guys drinking yeah. the, the buds. So yeah, it almost tastes like a Mike's mixed with a mixed with an IPA. Okay. Now, now to be fair, I enjoy Mike's lemonade, uh, Mike's hard lemonade. Like I, I like them there. I don't drink them all the time because they're, they're a little too sweet, but, um, but I do enjoy them. And so. That that flavor, that offsetting flavor of the mics, makes the IPA to me taste better. I can't quite give it five Luthers, but I am gonna give it four and a half. Okay. Um, I I will give it four and a half because it is really good. Um, if I, you know, every bad thing I've said about an IPA, if if I have to take it back, I'll take it back. Um, I still am not a fan of IPAs. To me, this isn't. This doesn't have that IPA bitter quality, and maybe, and like I said, maybe it's the lemonade that does it. Mm-hmm. But the the one part that I don't really care for in IPAs, the lemonade over overcomes, and so that's to me what makes this better than than or the best IPA that I've ever had. So uh, four and a half Luthers on the on the no slaw extra toast from Parish Brewing. I really enjoy it. Um, I don't know if I said this, but it has an ABV of seven percent, and it comes in sixteen ounce cans. So be careful with it. Um, mm. you, you could you could really go sideways really fast if you wanted to with this thing. So yeah. Um, but it's man, it's got a great flavor. It's got a great texture. 
Um, it definitely, I can I can get the Lemonhead flavor um, out of it. I can get the Lemonade flavor out of it. All all the things that it says it's supposed to be, it is. So props to Parrish cool. on this one. Um, you managed to get another uh, Beers and Bible podcast host to break the rules and give an IPA more than four Luthers. So congratulations. If you even care. If, yeah. <laughs> Not that you care what two idiots think about <laughs> about your beer, but whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so we're going to move on. Um, last week, man, I'll tell you what. I I still have uh, – I, I really enjoyed last week's episode talking with John. Mm-hmm. Um, just about, you know, e- even more than just learning uh, what I felt like a lot about distilling. You know, he didn't talk a ton about, like, the, the mechanics of it, but – just knowing, you know, what's involved with that and seeing a believer involved with, you know, that type of job and being able to represent Christ in a, in that situation, man. It's just it was a really encouraging episode and interview for for the both of us, I know. I very much enjoyed the discussion last week with John and we've actually uh, texted some back and forth this week just um encouraging one another and and um you know, just talking about some things that we that we talked about last week. So, that was really good, but um we, you know, and we, we felt like that was would be a good segue into what we're uh, our next discussion, and um, we're gonna dive into that right after this break. Welcome back. We are um, finishing up our beers, and we're about to dive into our uh, our discussion for tonight. And really, this is going to be a discussion that goes on for several weeks. Um, it will eventually springboard into a study through the Book of Lamentations. Um, but before we get there, we want to kind of walk through um, a book that was written by a gentleman named Mark Vrogop, and the book is called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, and it's about it's about discovering the grace of lament. Um, and so over the next few weeks, we're going to kind of really dissect or dive into like part one of the book. Is that right, Anthony? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so, so we'll... So yeah, we'll break it down that way. Yeah, um, almost the way he does in the book, and and you know, we we want you guys if you're listening, go pick up a copy of the book. You mm-hmm. know, we'll put notes and all that, but yeah, go pick up a copy of it. Yeah, and and you know, Anthony and I have both been. Anthony is much further along in it than I am because he's he reads a lot, um, but uh, we've both been reading it, and it's a. I mean. Pretty much every page is like, oh, there's a truth bomb. Oh, there's a truth bomb. Oh, there's a truth bomb. <laughs> and so, um, but we're going to use Mark Vrogrop's book as kind of a um, as a foundation starting point for uh, mm-hmm. where we're going when we get to the Book of Lamentations um, here in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, kind of we mentioned it a little bit last week, and, and it was such a, a good discussion with John almost – leading leading right into this and and it was you know we i think we kind of joked about it last week but it was funny because michael and i 
um, had in in a, a plea of desperation to actually get to the next thing that we were getting. Not not really that bad, but trying to plan somewhat ahead. We we talked about you know what could we do next? What could we you know what book of the Bible did we want to study? And mm-hmm. and uh, and I had just kind of almost flippantly thrown out the book of Lamentations, um, really because what well, we started in Habakkuk, and then that naturally kind of led us to first Peter. Um, and then, and then I've, I've actually, uh, read the book all the way through and I'm going to read it again as we go through this. But, um, this, this book was part of, uh, kind of a reading program that we have at my church that I'm a part of. And I thought to myself, I was like, man, coming off of first Peter and, and us mentioning multiple times, the, this idea of the theology of suffering, what better book to actually study than the book of Lamentations. Right. And, you know, and we have this kind of this real life practical book that we can walk through with you as we study God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, because, man, it's, and, and I'll tell you, one of the things that I've really picked up from this book is that Christians don't know, they don't understand how lament actually works. Yeah. You know? Um, one of the things we're, we'll talk about as we get to it in the book, but I, I just, one of the things that really impressed me is, um, Marx makes the point that funerals don't, we, we've gotten to a point in our society where funerals, we call them a celebration of life. Mm -hmm. And, and yes, it is that, but man, funerals should be a specific time to grieve. I mean, you, you are legitimately grieving Yeah, when you lose a loved one, somebody that you cared for. Uh, you know, maybe a friend, maybe a relative, maybe a spouse or a child. Yeah. Um, and 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 we we'll probably uh, highlight a couple of Mark's stories as we go through because this, it, 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 as you read this book, you'll understand where he's coming from in this in this idea of lament because of some of the struggles that Mark has had that he shares in this book. Yeah. Um, and so so it's it's a different perspective, kind of on the theology of suffering and how Christians can better be equipped to respond to their friends who are going through a trial or a tribulation or are facing some type of difficult situation or suffering. Yeah. So I'm excited about the book. I'm excited about Lamentations just because I love doing weird books of the Bible. You know, I'm... <laughs> well, and, and like, I, I feel like there's a disconnect between, like, just... I don't really know how to put it, but like, like I just, I guess I'll just, I would just agree with you then, by saying that like Christians don't know how to lament, yeah, and what yeah. that, what it, what it, what the idea of a, of biblically lamenting means, yeah, and what the purpose of like, there's a purpose to it. There's a purpose mm-hmm. for, yeah, this grief and the process of grieving and and how you take that to God and how you. Mm-hmm. Um, how you can grow as a believer through yeah. through your limits. Um, Absolutely, and yeah. you know, just be you know, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to feel pain and anger and frustration and ask questions. And we'll get into that, you know, here in a little bit. But there, there's a purpose for it. Yeah, and so, and like we've talked about time and time again on this podcast the purpose for anything you're going through or anything you do should be to make you more like Jesus Mm -hmm. and lamenting is no different. (laughs) So, um, 
But let, let's get into it. Let's let's go, yeah, man. So so let's uh, let's talk about what is what is lament. Okay, um, Mark in in the in the first kind of introductory chapters talks about um, he he makes this point that the lamentation or lamenting is an expression of deep grief or sorrow, and and at its core. It is it is a complaint. That's what you know. That's what a lament is. It is you're complaining about something, um, and so uh, we can look at parts of the Old Testament. You know, the Psalms are pretty big on lament, mm-hmm. um, and and really the Book of Lamentations is almost a blueprint for for what lament uh, actually is, which we are going to get into over the next uh, several weeks, but. You know, let's just kind of let's start from the beginning. What what is lament? You you, you got a definition? You got anything? Yeah, yeah. Well, do I do I have anything, or do I have what Mark says? <laughs> <laughs> you can um, do either. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, so I've always I've always looked at lamenting or lamentations as um, just cries out to God in times of either trouble or trials or struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I know that's like a very, that's not a deep answer. Um, having now read, you know, part of this book and, and getting, you know, done some study on the book of Lamentations, um, that's not a sufficient definition anymore. Just a, you know, yeah, there's a much, it's, there's something much deeper to what lamenting is and how it's different than just like a, cr- I mean, it is, but it's different than just being a cry out to God. Yeah. In, yeah. in sorrow. So, you know, it's, um, there, there is a quote at the, at the beginning of the book and, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's part of it that I do want to read. And, uh, and he says, uh, without lament, we won't know how to help people walk through sorrow. Instead, mm-hmm. we'll offer solutions, unhelpful comments, or impatient responses. And he says, what's more is without the sacred song of sorrow, of lament, we'll miss the lessons of historic laments uh, that are intended to teach us. And, and mm-hmm. he kind of sums all of this, this big quote up uh, when he says, lament is how Christians grieve. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and so many times we think that our grief has to be cloaked in joy or it it has to be us you know focusing on Mm -hmm. you know well billy's not with us anymore but he's dancing the streets with uh, of heaven you know and that that's great for billy and and that's awesome but what it doesn't address is how we are feeling right now yeah and there the 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 fact that billy is with Jesus doesn't make his absence any easier to bear. Yes. Yes. Um, and you know some you know where he says the you know the trite solutions, unhelpful comments, or impatient responses. I feel like that's the go-to for yeah. a lot of believers when somebody is struggling or you know mm-hmm. starts and, and you know I am generally uncomfortable when someone is sad. Yeah. Or, you know, upset. Like, I'm generally uncomfortable, so I really don't know what to do or say, <laughs> you know. Um, but, you know, re- you know, going through this book, seeing that 
comments like, oh, just shake it off or, mm-hmm. you know, seeing that those aren't really helpful, that, that helps me, put, puts me in a, puts, it's going to help me, yeah, sorry, <laughs> words are hard today, I'm so sorry. Um, They've been hard for me too, so don't feel bad. <laughs> but like, it, but it's going to help put me in a place where I see that as an opportunity to grieve with that person. Yeah, yeah. So many times Christians are afraid to enter into someone else's grief. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I can I can remember a time and and I'll I'll give, you know, nothing on me because I had no idea what I was doing. I was a 20 I think 20 19 year old kid at the time. Um, but a friend of mine actually lost a friend that was that was very close. They were very mm-hmm. close and um, I wasn't like super close with this friend, but I knew, you know, I knew who they were. We had gone places together as a group and all this kind of stuff. And this, this, uh, person just, they suddenly, I mean, out of nowhere, there's a, it was a, it was an accident and they died. And, you know, we go to the funeral and, and me and my friend are, are just sitting there and, you know, I'm sitting here as a 19 year old kid. I'm like, I have no clue what to say here. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. I can't. I don't know how to fix this, but I said, you know what? Instead of not saying something, I'm just going to be here. I'm just going to, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to sit here. If sitting here yeah. in silence is what I have to do, then that's what I have to do. And we did that. I mean, we sat there, didn't say a word, didn't make a sound for probably almost two hours. And, you know, later on that, that same friend told me, he's like, you know, uh, I know we didn't talk a lot, but he said, I really appreciated you being there with me through that because, I just needed somebody. I just needed to know that somebody was there. That yeah. that if I needed to talk, I had somebody saying. I was like, "Man, you've always got that. You've always got that for me, and you know that." And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes entering somebody's sadness is not having the right statement or the the right encouragement. Sometimes entering somebody's sadness is just being there and saying, "Man, I know this is a terrible situation, and I know this is causing grief, and I want you to know." That I'm here, even if you don't say a word. Just that person right. knowing that you're there with with them, and you're there to support them, and you're there to grieve with them and grieve their loss, and and do mm-hmm. your best to to enter into their their pain and try to bear that burden for them. Yeah, yeah, and it's I mean it's important to re- remember that when you are feeling pain or when somebody you know is feeling pain, like. When we when we turn from just grief to lament, mm-hmm. we are recognizing that that pain is real. Yeah. Um. The you know, I'm gonna reference these probably a hundred times tonight, so bear with me. <laughs> but the the unhelpful stuff like almost neglects the fact that the pain is real. Yeah. And it's when when you're when you say things like Billy's dancing with Jesus or dancing on the streets of gold or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those aren't helpful. That actually will probably do more harm than good. Yeah. Um, you know, I your heart's in the right place, and you may be saying the truth, but Billy's friend or Billy's wife or Billy's church may not need to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. You know that that may not be the thing they need to hear at that time. Yeah. Especially if it's something tragic or something unexpected. Yeah. It's so. it's uh man it's lament is a is a very very hard thing and and you know 
uh, we here at the Beers and Bible Podcast are are not really ones to shy away from controversial or hard things. Um, what? I make at least two controversial statements before I get out of bed in the morning. Um, most of the time on Facebook, <laughs> and usually Michael will call me out on them or something like that. But um, no, but um, so Mark here gives us, and 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 this is what we're going to spend the next four weeks on because I love the way he did this. He he really set up what lament is, and then he walks lament through the scripture, and he shows mm-hmm. you how this this setup that he did, and there's these kind of four key elements, mm-hmm. um, how they play into scripture, and how you see these things play out in scripture, and so that's why, um, you know, I thought Michael believe Michael agreed that that let's talk through these, let's spend a little bit of time on these, and this is going to be the setup before we kind of really walk into this study of lamentations. And so the four things that he says are you got to turn, you got to complain, you got to ask, and then you got to trust. Yeah. And I wish he would have switched ask and complain, but I understand why he put complain first um, because it it fits scripturally. But I was like, man, if you'd have put the A first, you could have the word tact, (laughs) which which would be appropriate. So it would be an acronym. Dang it. (laughs) Mark, I'm going to need you to work on that. The Southern Baptist in us needs acronyms. I need acronyms. I need, what's the other one? Where you? I need three points. I need three points and and the third point with three sub points. That's right. So so we're going to focus on the first one tonight. We're going to look at at turn, um, which is, you know, you, you turn your attention. When you're lamenting, you turn and you address the person who you are lamenting, which is God. You are mad at God. You're angry. Mm-hmm. Whether you're justified or not, it's what you are. Yeah, you know, Job does it. Uh, Ezekiel does it. Jeremiah does it. In fact, Jeremiah wrote the Book of Lamentations, and so um, these are prophets of God. Is who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, you know, if if a prophet, I mean that that's basically essentially, uh, and I'm not calling pastors prophets, but that's the equivalent of a pastor. Right. You know, a prophet was a guy who said, thus says the Lord. Well, a pastor is a guy who gets up and preaches the word, which is essentially saying, thus says the Lord. So right. there, there's a little analogy there. But, um, you know, lament is this this honest crying out. You know, the Psalms are full of lament. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to look at, really, we're going to look at one of them tonight. Yeah. Um, and so um, as you're turning and as you're addressing God and you're saying, this is how I feel. This is what's in my soul. You're bearing your soul to God. Mm-hmm. There's there's just things that you can do. And so the very first thing, and I'm I'm gonna get Michael to walk us through this. We cry out to God. Um so Psalm so first thing we do, we cry out to God. Psalm seventy seven verse one um the writer says, I cry aloud to God and he will hear me. Um you know, the the psalmist here, he's in pain. He is crying out to God, but he's not just sitting silent. Yeah. He's not just um, kind of twiddling his thumbs or waiting for God to do something. He is crying out to God, and he is trusting that God is going to hear him. Um, and, and really, it does take faith to lament. Mm-hmm. Um, you've you've got to have faith that, one, God understands your pain, that God has a purpose for your pain, but two, that God will hear your pain. And the writer here, he is certain. He says, he will hear me. He is certain that God will hear his cry. Um, 
we need to remember something here. Prayerful lament is better than silence. Yeah. And, and, and you know, silence, if, you, if you're not crying out to God, that can be a soul killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes, you know, we, we've kind of touched on it already. We, we don't, we either don't know how or we're afraid to lament. Um, it can be too honest to lament. It can be too open. It could be too risky to lament. Yeah. Um, you know, especially if you're like, if I, if I reached out to Anthony and said, Hey man, I, I need, I need to get some stuff off my chest to, to God. I need, can you be there to support me? And, and then I start just laying all this stuff out. Yeah. You know, that Anthony doesn't even know about Anthony could be like, um, I'm just going to kind of scooch away here because I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. You know, like, and that's a, that feels like a real reaction that a lot of believers yeah. would have yeah. to somebody legitimately prayerfully, biblically lamenting yeah. about their pain to God. We, we cry out to God and mm-hmm. we, we lay that before God. The, the next thing we do is you, you, I mean, you pray, you get, you lay out your struggles. Um, yeah. You know, this is something that is hard for us because laying out your struggles, bearing your struggles is means you have to put off the facade of you have it all together. Um, it means oh, it yeah, means yeah. you have to be broken in front of really in front of God and possibly in front of other people. Um, yeah. But man, time and time again, especially in the Psalms, we see authors, David, um, you know, a lot of these guys, they're just bearing their souls. You know, I think of, of uh, I think it's Psalm 33. Um, Psalm 51 is probably the mo- one of the most famous ones after after David's confronted by, by his friend Nathan. And, and David just, boom, he just lays it out there in mm-hmm. the first part of it. And then, and then he flips around in verse 9, uh, and ten says, "Create in me a clean heart, O oh God." You know, he's he's lamenting his sin, and and you know, lament is not just something that is it that is for a time of sorrow. Yes, it is it is meant for that, but it's not only for that. Lament can also be, man, I am grieving over my sin in my life. I'm mm-hmm. grieving over the yeah. ways that I have hurt God, and that's bring you know that's what bringing your struggle to God is. Um, because yeah. you know that bringing that struggle means that he's gonna he's gonna restore that and he's gonna refill that and he's gonna refresh that with his presence and with his spirit and and he's gonna replace your pain with his glory and you know we talk about things uh, or we talk about living our lives for the glory of God and and doing all things for the glory of God man lamenting is one of the the prime ways that we can do that. And yeah. it's not it's not a simplistic formula. I realize that we're kind of giving this this printed out kind of outline of, of what what we're gonna walk through with lament, but realize we know and we realize just because this is printed doesn't mean that it's a hundred percent there and, and, and it's not every situation is not gonna fit into this. Okay, well first I have to cry out to God and then I have to pray my struggles and you know, it's it's not gonna be that, but it, it's it's right. a process that you can draw from and you can pull from and say, man, I've got to do some crying right now. I've got to cry out to God and I've got to be honest about where I'm at, what my frustrations are, where my pain is. And that may mean going to somebody else and saying, I've got this pain and I've got to dump that. 
and mm-hmm. you know American individualism tells you to do the exact opposite of that, right? And and so that you know it, it says you got to be strong and you got to be put together. Where the Bible says, nope, you don't have to be any of that. You have to be broken. You have to right. You have to be contrite. <laughs> right, and, and and I mean the Bible would even go. Even for I would even go further and say the Bible says that you cannot have it all put together. No. <laughs> like you are, you are irreparably broken. Yeah, and that's why you need Jesus. Yeah. Uh, in in theological terms, we call that total depravity. Um, but, but we're we're not here to talk about that tonight. <laughs> We've talked about that before we have, once or twice. Um, so praying your struggles is is just bearing your heart before God. You know, in verse mm-hmm. two, we we're talking about Psalm seventy seven. There, in verse two, it says. My soul refuses to be comforted when I remember God, when I moan, when I meditate, my spirit faints. And, I mean, this is a guy who is who is clearly having some problems. He doesn't have yeah. it all put together. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't pretend like he's got it all put together. And right. so part of lament is realizing that you're going to have to put down your facade and be honest and be transparent. You know, I think about a couple of weeks ago when we – um, when we were talking with Willie about ways that music can improve in the church, and and one of the things he said was honesty in our lyrics. Man, mm-hmm. honesty in our lyrics could drive us to have more more honesty in our prayers. Right. Um, and so I, I, you know, just know that it's going to take a lot of hard work. It's not going to be lament is not easy, but time and time again, I think we can say. The harder it is to get through, the better it is once you've gone through it. Mm, yeah, you know, totally agree with that. Um, so we we cry out to God, we pray our struggles. Um, it's not something simple, but what's the next thing that we're going to do? So the next thing we do is actually pray our questions, um, and, and this is—I feel like this is a this is where the disconnect between just prayer and laments could go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we get to this point where we're asking questions like, why isn't God doing more? Yeah. You know, if you're praying your struggles, why isn't God, why, why am I still struggling mm-hmm. with this? Or, or if you're praying for, uh, if you're lamenting over a lost soul or something like, why isn't God's, why isn't that person responding? Um, but, uh, we have to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. We we have to we have to reach out and reach out to God and cry out to him and say, God, why aren't you doing X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. Um and in in times of lament we might be asking questions that really contradict what we believe. Um like we can know in our hearts, we can know in our heads and believe in our hearts and truly believe so, uh, something about the character of God. Mm-hmm. And still ask the questions that contradict what we know and what we believe. Um, And and when we're going through pain, when we're going through suffering, a lot of times that creates these emotions that aren't based on truth, Mm -hmm. but they feel true. Yeah. And and we and you know, perception perception determines your reality. Yeah. You know, so like what you perceive to be true or what you, you know. What you feel to be true, even if you know it's not true, can still end up feeling yeah. true. Yeah. 
we're we're going to talk um, when we get to the the kind of third part, which is ask. We're going to talk a little bit about Psalm twenty two, but I think about the introduction, not really the first verse of Psalm twenty two, which is the same verse that Jesus cried out on the cross, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" Mm. Yeah. You know, and this this is a prayer of Christ on the cross. And he says, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, is what he says in, in the mm-hmm. Aramaic. And, you know, what a there's not a better example in all of Scripture, I think, of praying your questions. Yeah. Jesus is in the 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 pit of despair. I mean, he's at his war at his lowest. And yeah. and what does he do but lament what he's feeling to God? Why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's there's other other things surrounding all that, but man, what what a beautiful picture of lament from mm. the example that we're supposed to take it from. And yeah. and if it's if it's uh, if it's acceptable for Christ to lament on the cross, I think it's acceptable for us to pour out our hearts uh and to pour out our questions in prayer to mm-hmm. God. Yeah, you know, because we'll, oh, and go ahead. Yeah, no, right. no, no, no. Go ahead. No. Well, I was just going to say, like, and if we don't ask those questions, like, like coming back to this idea of giving God the silent treatment from, um, from earlier, mm-hmm. you know, if we don't ask those questions, it's kind of a manifestation of our own unbelief. Yeah. And, and you know, we're if we if we don't if we don't have the courage and we don't have the strength and we don't have the discipline to take our questions to God and, you know, put words or, you know, say what we've been thinking or say what we're believing because God, you know, mm-hmm. already knows all that anyway. Um, but, but if we don't, but if we don't take that stuff to God, then that idea of unbelief could eventually creep in and be like, and you could end up really, your beliefs could end up getting jacked yeah. up. Yeah, um, I was I was looking for this while you were um, saying that because that what that does is that leads us to our to our next point. Which if you've if you've read Psalm twenty two, um, where is the end of Psalm twenty two? Um, so Psalm twenty two starts with, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so mm-hmm. far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day." But you do not answer, and by night, and I find no rest. And so that's the opening two verses of, of, of Psalm 22. The next verse displays this, this next point, which is that prayer turns us around. Okay? Mm-hmm. So he opens up with, God, why have you forsaken me? And then in verse 3, he says, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel, in your father's in you our fathers trusted they trusted and you delivered them to you they cried and were rescued in you they trusted and they were not put to shame when when you pour out your heart honestly to god when you pour out your heart and and say god i don't i don't know if this is terrible or not but this is ex- this is exactly how i feel mm-hmm. what i feel like you've forsaken me i feel like you've forgotten me i feel like all of these things, all that should lead to this place of trust, and it should lead to this yeah. place of, but my confidence is still in you, and that's yeah. where that's where you were talking about. It's done in faith. This this 
this grieving is done in faith. This this complaining and and we're going to talk about all this is done in faith, because at the point where we say, "All right, I've got it off my chest." Now, God, I know that you're this type of God. You're a God who rescues. Right. You're a God who heals. You're a God who restores. And so I'm calling on you to act in 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 accordance with your character. I'm calling yeah. on you to do this, and I'm calling on you to do that. When we get to that place of raw, honest emotion, that's where prayer is going to turn us around. That's where lament mm-hmm. is going to lead us through personal sorrow, and it's going to push us through to the side that says uh, these questions that the the character of God is going to be the truth that anchors our soul. That yeah. that's going to be what holds us in, and mm-hmm. and in all of these questions that we're wrestling with and we're struggling with and and these feelings that we have which are real feelings and we acknowledge those feelings um there there is a point where we call to mind and there's a point in that where we say um you know what in all of this god i know this to be true about you your word says this right your scripture says that you promised this mm-hmm. and and it's almost it reminds me of those times when You'll be thinking about something, and you're like, all right, but what about this? But what about that? And then you start kind of talking through it. And then all of a sudden, after you've kind of gotten all of that out of your brain, it's like it made enough room in your brain for you to see the end and see the clarity of what it is you yeah. were trying to think through. And then you go, mm. you, you have that light bulb moment where you just go, oh, wait, this is the answer. And that's why, and it, and it all makes sense. Like, it, you just kind of yeah. put it all together, but you had to get all of that junk out of all of these questions, you had to get them out of your mind. You had to say them, um, and you had to think through it. And as you began to process through this, you you came around to the answer. That's the same right. thing that prayer does, and that's the same same way that God leads us <clears throat> and uses prayer. Um, you know, we've talked about the Lord's Prayer uh, on the podcast before, and and, and I, again, I think the Lord's Prayer is is a shining example of this because it starts off with. Um, God, your God, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us this day. Supply for us. You know, and, and, mm-hmm. and so it's this thing where it's this process that our mind has to go through where we have to almost, we almost have to follow these steps in order to process the information and get what we need to get out. Does that make sense? Yeah. I hope it does. Yeah. So I'm following. prayer turns us around. Uh, we, we've prayed our questions, we've prayed our struggles, we've cried out to God, and now we've turned around. Where do we go now? So then we pray the gospel. I mean, that's really the next logical thing in in, in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, in Psalm 77, 19 and 20, the psalmist wrote, um, Your way went through the sea and your path through the great waters, but your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And it's really it's really crazy to think that in all the struggles and all the pain and all the all the questioning that the psalmist is going through here, mm-hmm. his heart is anchored to the single greatest redemptive event event in the history of Israel yeah. in the Old Testament. Yeah. Like the Exodus is their, the Exodus is their cross, yeah. and the cross is our Exodus. Yeah. Um, 
and and for for us as believers who have put our faith in Jesus, you know, the cross is our exodus. That's where all of our questions and all of everything should be taken. Yeah. We should be taking all of that and laying it at the feet of Jesus and saying, you know, here I'm laying it all on the table. I have no um there I I have nothing I don't even know how to I don't even know how to put it, you know? But the, there's nothing I can bring yeah. you and I have no um preconceived notions. I don't have any um you know, I know what I believe. Mm-hmm. I know what my life is telling, you know, I know where my struggles are where my questions are coming from for my struggles. Here they are. Yeah. And Jesus, I trust you to answer them. Yeah. And and that's that's all we can do as believers is to lay that at yeah. the, at the cross and, and say, Jesus, I don't know what to do with this. Here it is. But here here yeah. it is. You know, there's we in in Southern Baptist circles we talk about um, you know giving your life to Christ, um, and usually we associate that with you know saying this prayer and and walking this aisle and and shaking the pastor's hand and doing these these things. But really and truly, um, when you have given your life to Christ when you when you identify as somebody who is in Christ and <clears throat> I realize that's a that's a triggering term identify as um but when when Christ identifies you as somebody who is in him would probably be the better way to say that um mm-hmm. then then it is a it is a complete change in your life that says from this point forward I may not be perfect, but I'm anchored at this point. And and you know, the the for the Christian, the cross is that point. The the cross is the point where the old covenant came to an end and the new covenant was established. That that happened at the cross. And mm-hmm. if you if you study the Old Testament and you study Exodus, you'll see all of these parallels exactly what Michael was just talking about to the cross. And what happened at the cross, and the way that redemption was purchased, and and uh, then you'll you'll see that in all of these stories, and and that is what the Old Testament is is to remind us of: is to say, God is like God is painting this picture all the way down through history, and it's just it's like this constant repetition, and and he's and he's saying, I did it this way, and then I did it this way, and then I did it this way. And this was the final one, but I but I mm-hmm. kind of set up this final one by all of these other ones. They kind of foreshadowed what was coming, mm-hmm. and so yeah. all of that points to the gospel. All of the Old Testament points towards Christ and the cross. All of the New Testament, everything that happened after the cross, points back to Christ and the cross. And that's what our life as Christians is supposed to do. And mm-hmm. and and we just talked about a few minutes ago. The pinnacle of Christ dying on the cross is a prayer of lament, and and so you know, I, I say all of that to to say, Christian, be encouraged to to boldly proclaim your laments. You mm-hmm. know, when when society tells you that you're weird, and society tells you that you can't be that vulnerable, and when society tells you that you're you're causing problems because of your honesty. Just lament. Keep yeah. doing it. Why? Because Scripture tells us to. Because Scripture says, be broken. 
And the best way to be broken is to lay yourself bare and say, this is who I am, like it or not, I don't find my identity in you. I find my identity in Christ. And if Christ can do it, guess what, Christian? So can we. And and if that's not a better picture of the gospel, then I, I don't really know any other way to, to put it. I, I don't know any mm-hmm. other way to say that. Um, yeah. But in all of that, what that tells us is that lament takes faith, and, and we have to lament by faith because it's something that mm-hmm. says— I'm going to pour out my soul. I'm going to lay myself bare before you. And in the end, I'm, I'm going to say, but God, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and I've talked about um, anytime the word but is used in the Bible, and especially when the phrase but God is used in the Bible, because that usually means something is about to happen. This bad thing, right. this bad thing, this bad thing, but God. He's about yep. to intervene in the situation, and that's exactly what he did at the cross. And so... When we lament by faith and say, you know what, God, this is my bare soul, but I'm trusting you. I'm trusting in mm-hmm. your character because your scripture says this. I'm trusting in your word because this is what it teaches me about you. And guess what? The only way you're going to know how to do that is to get into the word and actually study it for yourself. Yep. Don't just listen to your pastor on Sunday morning. Don't just listen to your favorite podcast Bible teacher of two bozos talking about beer and and Bibles, you know, don't just do that. Study the Word of God for yourself. Study the Word and and understand what it means. Don't take what we're telling you as as wholesale truth. Study it for yourself. And by all means, if if you think we're wrong, send us a message. We're going to tell you where to do that in just a little bit. But it, it all comes down to a personalization of your faith, and you have to look at lament as an opportunity to reorient your heart and to reorient everything that is about you to what is true, what is good. As Philippians, I think it's four, six, and seven, you know, think about these things, whatever is right, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is good. Think about these things. Mm-hmm. And and lament is an opportunity to do that. So, you know, I'm going to encourage you, don't stop. Keep going. Keep, uh, you know, we, let's use all the cliche words. Keep pressing in. Keep doing, you know. Um, but but really, I mean, be honest. Be bare. Be vulnerable. Be raw. Uh, because that's when you're going to, that's when you're the most broken is when God has the opportunity to say, now let me come in and fix this. Let yeah. me show you what it is. Yeah. And your greatest opportunity for growth as a believer is going to be when you're raw and when you're vulnerable and when you're authentic yeah um you know going to a small group and just being like oh everything's great yeah when your life is falling apart yeah. <laughs> like that's that's not that's yeah. not helping anybody how, how many times have we heard stories of somebody's life falling apart and then you in the aftermath of that you hear friends or people who were close to the person say man i had no idea I had no idea that they had these struggles. I had no idea that they had yeah. all of these things going on in their life. They they never shared anything. You know, lament is going to open yourself up to to possibly something bad happening. But guess what? It's all for the glory of God. So yep. be willing to take that step. Be willing to be that vulnerable. Yep. So anything else you want to add to that? Uh, I think that's 
That's plenty. I'm really surprised that we actually got through all of our notes. I think we may have skipped a little bit of it, but uh, I'm surprised we got through all of our notes for tonight. (laughs) So, Michael, if they want to find us on social media and send us all of their laments, where would they do that? If you want to send us laments. No, if you want to reach out to the Beers and Bible podcast, you can do that by following us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at Beers and Bible Pete one. You can follow us on Facebook. Just search Beers and Bible podcast. Excuse me. You can email us at Beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, Beers and Bible podcast.com. Um, pick up some merch there and reach out to any of the other social media sites or email if you have any questions or comments about anything we've discussed on an episode or if you have any beer suggestions we'd love to hear that from you so until next week we hope your beer stays cold and your bible stays open and we will see you later peace out